Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. The time when I had the feeling that now I'm equipped with different perspectives from my work experience. Now it's the time to move on and create something your own and face bigger challenges. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi there, my name's Jody Frank. I'm the CEO and founder of What's for Dinner Technologies and our mobile brand, Culinaire. My best advice for other women in tech is pretty simple. Work hard, play harder, and be kind. I mean, working hard goes without saying. If you're in technology and you're a woman, you probably do this automatically. But sometimes I think when we are working hard and pushing through, it's easy to forget to play hard too. And that's equally important. I mean, life is short, so set time aside to experience life Spend time with your friends, the people you love, and do fun things. But most importantly, be kind, which means not judging others and treating everybody with respect. I mean, you never know what another person's really dealing with or what baggage they're bringing into a situation. I usually like to think that most people are good. And if I find that if I assume that, when I meet them, things are automatically set up to be positive. And being kind also means being a little selfless. So regardless of where you are in your life's journey or your career, Reach back and pull someone else forward so they have a better chance of success as well. Right now, I'd say my favorite tech tool is Slack. We're really enjoying it with my team. Without it, I don't know that my team could have the same ability to collaborate. I also like the way they launched into the marketplace, and we are taking a couple pages out of their book for the launch of Culinaire. You can reach me at my personal Instagram handle, JLF717, or my brand handle, Culinaire App. C-U-L-I-N-E-E-R-A-P-P. I also have a Facebook page, and we also have our website with the ability to uh, send messages through our blog. I'm looking forward to collaborating and learning from others and providing any kind of help and assistance I can to other women in tech as well. Thanks. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. Command Line Heroes is an original, highly produced, award-winning podcast about the people who transform technology from the command line up, presented by Red Hat. And this is not a technical show. This is a show anyone can enjoy, featuring experts from across the industry. Season four is airing now, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and stick around to the end of the show to hear a sneak preview of the brand new season. I read in my book today... The point of life is happiness. 
said by the Dalai Lama. And then Danielle Laporte in the book, The Desire Map that I'm reading says, when we make feeling good a priority, everything changes. And I think about this a lot in the decisions I make as a business owner, whether I choose achievements or my desired state of how I want to feel when I'm making um, different choices. And it's this constant battle of, you know, yes, it causes me stress, but it will bring in more revenue or, or let me go with the past that will be more ease, but then what, where will the revenue come from or will decrease our sales? And it's, it's a hard decision. But when you think about the point of life is happiness, for me, at least it shifts my mind to like rethink what I thought was the infrastructure of what success was. And if the point to life is happiness, then what decisions would I be making all day long? Would I be on social media as much? Would I binge eat? Would I, you know, like all the triggering things that I do. I really appreciated reading that today. And uh, yeah, the point of life is happiness, according to the Dalai Lama. And that dude knows some shit. <laughs> Enjoy the next episode. Women in Tech podcast celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited to be here in Georgia, the country, not the state. It has been incredible to be meeting the most innovative women and to be seeing an ecosystem growing at a rapid rate. And part of that ecosystem is the wonderful woman in tech we have next. So excited to welcome our next guest. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so go Thank ahead, you. introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Mariam Rusishvili. I am uh, CEO and founder of Quick Cash AI. And this is a fintech platform for small and medium businesses, helping them to access finance in working capital loans in 15 minutes. So we started in 2017 and uh, we are now in Central Asia and we are planning to move outside this part of the universe soon and enter European market. And you're from here in Tbilisi, Georgia, right? Yes, originally. And the startup community here really only ignited about two years ago, would you say? Over five years, I guess. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Georgia and Tbilisi and just the dynamics that go on here for economy and the startup movement. So the so-called tech movement, I guess, started, yes, like five years ago. And there were like uh, some governmental agencies and the private small accelerators that were helping to develop this ecosystem. Years before, I was not in tech. So I was overlooking at how it was developing myself from Ministry of Economy or from commercial bank perspective, yeah, because I was working across different institutions before founding the company. And what was the second question? Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I actually want to get into your journey. But before I do, just so you all listening have an idea of where we are, we're on a rooftop overlooking the city. <laughs> it's absolutely gorgeous. I see the cable cars through the air going by and the, the church and this cool. What is this? It's an old castle, right? Or the, uh, old, the old city wall is what it is. Old city wall. That's yeah. an old city wall. And that's the old church from, I guess it was 13th century. 
and like a body of water. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's a picturesque postcard city. (laughs) It's amazing. And I'm so lucky to have experienced it. Um, so tell me you're from here. Where did your journey start? When did you first begin your, your professional career? Even the dream of what you wanted to be professionally. Were you a little girl or was it when you became older and started to learn what your options are? I guess I I always wanted to be a lawyer, actually, when I was in the school. Uh, Then I ended up doing my bachelor's in international law. But then everything changed because I started working with the prime minister. Actually, I was pretty young and Georgia was a new... Newly uh, independent uh, so-called country after the Soviet Union fell, though country as Georgia has been independent many, many centuries even before, but then there was the Soviet era reign, and then when it dismantled, we got new independence, and there was another change in the government. So in 2005, I started at the prime minister's office. It was a really amazing experience. We were creating something new from scratch. So, And then I came across uh, the uh, monetary policy and fiscal policy because I moved to the Ministry of Finance and then I was like okay now I need some other skills which is like economics management and things like that so I decided to go to US I was lucky to get scholarship from Columbia University World Bank scholarship and uh, I got my master's there and then there it was the time when I really understood like how interwind it is the economy with the technology and the technology is booming and there should be something done so I started looking at the different disruptors uh, like social platforms uh, and then came the fintech but even before creating my own company as I told you I was working across different organizations be it the World Bank itself in in Washington DC or here then uh, at the Ministry of Economy when we we were launching the government program for small and medium businesses and also in the commercial bank and as well as um, in German technical assistance fund which was helping the private sector to develop in in, uh, Georgia. So... And innovation was always part of what I was working on. And SME was also a focus. So I guess then finding the gap period came. And then... But let's go back to the beginning just for a second. How did you even get such an elite role in the workspace when you were so new to being a professional? Uh, okay, so I, at the time when the new wave of uh, government officials came to govern the country, I mean, they were searching for uh, people who were new not spoiled by the previous go- like you know office mm, uh, with it with a fresh mind fresh mind uh, english speakers and with an international relations um, focus or some international law focus interesting yeah and i guess i was at the right time and the right place i, I would have uh, chosen the path of being a more how to say like a governmental blah 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 right. which was not my path right. I, I, it's amazing uh, feeling when you are supporting the development of your country very minor but still but then I mean I decided to move on and, and I guess changing the different institutions and looking at different gaps from different perspectives creates an amazing uh, how to say like amazing starting point for creating your own company you are equipped more and how was the scholarship process did did someone introduce that that was an opportunity to you or did you find it on your own? Oh, it, it's it's very uh, interesting story. So I always wanted to get my master's outside Georgia to explore. And uh, 
So my direct boss, which was the advisor to the prime minister for foreign affairs, he was leaving for Columbia University uh, as an uh, adjunct professor. And I was like, what, what, what university is that? And he told me that it's in New York, blah, blah, blah. So I started searching out. And I was 20, I guess. Yeah, 20 years old. So I, uh, And then before he left, I told him that, okay, I'm going to see you there. And, you know, like, of course, I mean, he was supportive and everything. But at the time, it was like almost kind of hard to imagine to right. get to PM program, which is the program in economic policy and management, which is like a mid, mid-career level program. So I needed more four years experience to get there. But then I ended up there and I saw him. So, and yeah, so I accumulated more experience. I was working in the government still and, and with the donors, donor, donors meaning the international financial institutions uh, at the Ministry of uh, Finance afterwards. And then I filed for the scholarship. Of course, the current the selection was separate for getting inside the, the Columbia University and then getting the scholarship. I guess luck is also very important. Um, of course, you need to be persistent and everything, but then luck is something that also helps a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh, and you can't just conjure up luck, but you do have to, what's that saying? You have to be prepared for when the luck happens. Yes. Yeah. And then you enter in to this crazy startup world. Afterwards. Where was the, yeah, where was the transition? Walk me through the transition to going from that professional life into this crazy tech life. Transition was, uh, I think it was still crazy before transition, but because as I mentioned, you know, I, I was launching some things, I was heading some departments and then moving on. So I was not staying at the same place in the same organization for more than two years, I guess. So it, it was happening very quick. Um, and whatever I was working on across these different organizations were, were kind of a startup. Yeah, you were starting some new project, launching, and then my interest was going down. So I was like, okay, now I need some new challenge. I was moving on, right. moving from World Bank to the small enterprise assistance funds, which is the private equity fund in the U.S., uh, helping and like investing in emerging market companies. Then I came back to Georgia, so I started here as an economic expert for German technical assistance organization, helping with the uh, innovation ecosystem. Actually, now started to get the shape of how I ended up with my company. Yeah, I started working on that. Uh, innovation ecosystem when I came back to, from US. Then I moved to the Ministry of Economy and under that we created the Enterprise Georgia which is like a small business assistance organization in US. You have it also. And that was something that we were working on, creating a program that would help not only small but also medium businesses to take more risk and create new ventures right. to develop the value chain and many other interrelated like cluster type of things yeah uh, and and then afterwards I moved to the commercial bank and then commercial bank was also something that gave me the opportunity to see how the big bank works from inside what are the operational efficiencies or on the other hand like some inefficiencies that happen what are the problems associated with small business lending because I was head of uh, micro business strategic projects in one of the biggest banks in Georgia which is also listed on London Stock Exchange so it's interesting to me because you were fueling other people to be entrepreneurs <laughs> and then yeah. you're like no I gotta get a piece of this myself yeah, because then it, it was like uh, the time when I 
had the feeling that now I'm equipped with different perspectives from my work experience. Now it's the time to move on and create something your own. Yeah. And and face bigger challenges. Right. Actually, I was ready for that. Uh, of course, there some unexpected things happened. Also, there were even more challenges than I expected. But I think this is the normal path for any entrepreneur. Yeah, totally. Even though you have like 20 years of experience or 10 or, or zero, you are coming across some unexpected things and then dealing with them is just the normal path for any entrepreneur. Totally. What is a huge obstacle you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Obstacle of staying in the comfort zone. Oh, I guess this is the biggest obstacle. I, I mean, because it was ter- to move from a secure job at yes. the bank and then become an entrepreneur. Yeah, it was like a big and I was always, you know, like in the first year you go back and ask yourself many, many questions about it. Was that the right decision? Because it always comes back to you. Questions like with all these things that I worked on or with all the things that I, I invested in, in myself or, you know, like my studies or experience and everything. Is this the right place to be to utilize all my expertise? Right. So this was a or maybe it was better to be in, in the previous job, which was more secure and blah, blah, blah. But it's normal, I guess. So I don't dramatize. This is my approach to life. <laughs> you shouldn't dramatize it. I mean, you should look at it, then think about it. But then you, you shouldn't move into dramatizing any and issue. And you got in some amazing awards too, right? Tell me about some of, like you were on Forbes, an entrepreneur. Yes. So um, I think our company has uh, accumulated lots of uh, kind of credentials and I'm really happy for that. Since launch in 2017, we have been featured by Forbes Georgia. I was on the cover of Forbes Women also. Forbes Women? Yeah. That's incredible. The company was featured on Entrepreneur. Um, Also, we got the Innovation Award by Emerging Europe London in 2019, this year. And we were selected by a big selection committee and there were like around 700 companies competing with each other from all over the emerging Europe economies. Um, And the award ceremony took place in London and we are really happy for that innovation award. And something that I just kind of want to bring to light is you were hesitant on even sharing this. We went back to the recording to even share these, these amazing accomplishments that you've made what kind of advice guidance suggestions would you give uh, you know women in power so that they too have the permission to share instead of feel like it's bragging or you know like what yeah. what would you say to your fellow women in power i mean I, I i think i should say to myself as well so that to be more explicit with all their achievements and to make it very clear, yeah? So we, we should be really proud of our achievements. Sometimes I, I really forget about that. And and I just, like, move on. And you just forget about whatever happened previously. So you I set too. new challenges and new challenges. So sometimes it's better to just slow down and look back and then move forward. <laughs> sometimes I don't even introduce my name. You know, it's just like, oh, forget about me. Let me, you know, and it's it's interesting the dynamics that we have when it comes to us 
being the star, I guess. Um, so I'm glad we got to share yours because that is pretty, that's pretty outstanding. One more thing, yes. actually, that I forgot. Please. In 2018, also, uh, we became the portfolio company of one of the Swiss accelerators, Seed Stars. Um, and uh, also in 2018, we were selected as one of the finalists of uh, FinTech Business Awards by BBVA. And BBVA is a huge European based uh, bank, very innovative. So so crazy. And as you guys know that we were in Kazakhstan with Seedstars. Seedstars is doing incredible things for emerging markets globally. Um, very, very exciting in the startup world. Thank you. Thank you for taking the chance. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's bragging. I think it's simply sharing and inspiring. What is the best advice, guidance that you've gotten along the way in your career? Oh, I remember. So when we created uh, Enterprise Georgia and yeah. we were launching the program, flagship program, government yeah. program, so the head of Enterprise uh, Georgia told me that, okay, you know what, I think you're well equipped now to create your own company. I mean, at that time, I don't know, like, how, how now he's not heading the Enterprise Georgia. I also left that agency. Some other people are continuing, and I'm happy that it's a successful agency, yeah. though governmental, but still it was kind of a startup. <laughs> but that is something that I remember, and it was even before me moving to the banking, so... That's cool. Me. Yeah, so That's I remember so cool. that. I always remember that, like, okay, he told me that... It's kind of time to create something of your own. So I have two questions I'd love to ask. One, have you been on a podcast before? No. Uh, on an interview, yes. But no, podcasts, I guess, no. It's... That's crazy. I'm hoping this is the first of many to come. <laughs> <laughs> and my second question is, what is your favorite mobile app, website, um, hardware, any kind of tech tool? What's your favorite tech tool? For whatever we use inside our company? No, just for you. Like... The one you can't oh LinkedIn! With. I cannot live without LinkedIn. That's so interesting because I, I hear cannot. in Georgia most people utilize Facebook for business. Yes, but I mean, uh, I uh, came across LinkedIn when I was living in US, and then all my foreign uh, network uh, is on LinkedIn. And I guess I I am getting very targeted news, and mm. I can also approach all the professionals that are within the verticals that I am interested in. So it's not only fintech yeah it's like economics also and many other interrelated disciplines so in that terms it's very much targeted audience for me i love it i love it thank you so much for hanging out with the women in tech podcast how can people find you and connect with you further uh, I'm on LinkedIn uh, by my first and second name, Mariam Rusishvili, MPA. So M A R I A M, Mariam. Uh, and then my last name, R U S I S H V I L I. And then MPA. So it's easier to find. Perfect. Me. Awesome. On, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And on, on Facebook also, like you can find me through my first and last name. Just in between, you should type IC. <laughs> <laughs> it complicates sometimes. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Is there anything else you wanted to share that you, we didn't cover? I just wanted to add uh, that recently we had Startup Grind, Google for Entrepreneurs event. So exciting. And uh, it was very unexpected that all of a sudden we ended up with uh, more than 1,200 attendees. And for a small uh, country like Georgia and for the new 
tech kind of hub like Tbilisi. This is amazing achievement. And I'm happy that we attracted many, many tech entrepreneurs, already established ones from Europe and from US. Some accelerator founders were coming here and partners. So uh, next year, we are looking forward to welcome all the people from all over the world to Startup Grind, hopefully regional conference, another one that we will host. I love it. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, be sure to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. Womenintechvip.com takes you straight there. And be sure to say hello on social, at Women in Tech Show, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you. This is Mariam Rusishvili, CEO and co-founder of QuickCash AI, a fintech platform for scoring and underwriting small and medium businesses based on our AI-driven platform. We are based in Tbilisi, Georgia, and you are listening to Women in Tech Podcast. I'd like to tell you about an all-new season of Command Line Heroes, a podcast presented by Red Hat. No one ever said hardware was easy. In Season 4, Command Line Heroes is telling seven special stories about people and teams who dared to change the rules of hardware and, in the process, changed how we all interact with technology. In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices? And what it took to get here? There was this blue box on a table. And he said, well, here it is. I said, well, what is it? He said, it's a microcomputer. What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. These machines, they revolutionized our lives and blew the doors open to what was possible. How many people here had a computer versus how many people intended to get one? Only one or two people actually had them. And they would bring them to the club meeting. What are you going to do with it? And nobody had an answer. The key thing about timesharing was that the computer needed some way of being able to sort of stop its own clock. The uh, creators of the floppy drives are not household names by any means. If it wasn't for that, PCs would have been adopted much more slowly. This January 28th, we launched Season 4 of Command Line Heroes, an original podcast from Red Hat. And this season, it's all about the hardware. We'll hear the stories behind some iconic machines and the people who dared to create them. I was the kid that always took things apart, took my older sister's toys apart. This is just another bag on the side of the eclipse, a skin job. Nope, this is a whole new machine. The process of passing the tapes around and encouraging and building upon each other's results is really what made the personal computer industry. We're exploring mini computers, mainframes, the first personal computers, floppies, early smartphones, and game consoles. And we're also going to hear how the community ethos that drove those early hardware heroes to build those machines still exists today in the open source hardware movement. The values of sharing are still there. I mean, it's in the entire open source community. The machine, in a way, was kind of a bit character. It was the people who were the real guts of what it was about. I'm Saranyat Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast. And keep on coding. So thank you, and uh, eat your sandwiches. Season 4 is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. Show notes by Carl Marty. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.